Hi there, you're listening to the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners, and if this is your first time here, thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. As we begin today's episode, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or tea, settle in, and listen with an open heart. But first, the regular disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist or counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. Hi there. Welcome back. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to go over a couple of reminders. If you are looking to share your story on the podcast, uh, please let me know. I will be picking those back up in mid to late April. And in the meantime, if you'd like to email me, I'll get you on the list that I can reach out to you at that point in time to schedule an interview. The second reminder is about the estranged moms support groups. The current cohorts are in progress. And if you're looking to join the next one, which will begin mid to late April, please let me know feel free to send me an email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com. And the third and final uh, update slash reminder is, you know, my personal life has been in significant transition over this last year. And by default, that means that the Estranged Heart podcast is in transition. And um, what that's all going to look like on the other side, I'm not entirely clear yet to include my, my own personal life, right? I'm in the middle of moving from Washington State to Florida. Uh, we're about five weeks out from that. And so there's a lot happening, a lot of transitions, a lot of change. And I ask for your patience as I navigate through this significant um, change in my life, uh, personally, professionally, and otherwise. So, um, you know, if there's one thing that is certain with me is that change is going to happen. And um, I think that when we stop changing, we stop growing, and we stop evolving. And I'm not about that. I'm all about growing and evolving. And so by default, that includes change. And a lot of times change is uncomfortable. Um, So we'll get through this together. I appreciate your patience and understanding. And with that, we'll move on to today's episode. Okay, I've tried to record this four different times now. And um, have had a variety of interruptions and things. So here goes nothing. I hope I can get this recording done. And if there are background noises, I apologize. (laughs) I, I don't know what else to do at this point. So the two quotes I would like to share today are the first one. Most of us tend to quite naturally focus on the other person's behaviors actions, choices, and so on, their doingness. It's important to remember that those actions have roots in emotions, perspectives, beliefs, intentions, their past, their lived stories. And that is by Robin Bear, 
PhD. And the second is love is a marathon, not a sprint with lots of Gatorade stops along the way. And that is by a professor, college professor for a marriage and family class that I attended. So on to today's episode, um, title, you know, titled religion, politics, and identity acceptance. And while I will not get into the weeds of religion and the weeds of politics, I will say that the general overarching theme here is a feeling of not being seen, heard, or validated by our adult children, or I'm sorry, for the adult children to not be seen, heard, or validated by the parent. And again, if we go back to what I've talked about often on this podcast is that the parent um, by default holds the power because they are the parent and the child is the child regardless of the child's age. So um, as we know, estrangement is uh, a deeply complex and layered event and experience. There's lots of layers. And if we only look at the surface level behaviors, we'll never get to the true root and reasons for estrangement. So I'm hoping to shed a little bit of light on that today so that we can begin peeling back the layers when we think as parents that, oh, they, um, they just don't like me because of my religious beliefs or my political beliefs or, um, you know, the fact that I don't, uh, quote unquote, subscribe to LGBTQ plus identities. So religion, uh, you know, can be a source of solace and guidance for many, many people. And it can also be a source of division within families. And, um, oftentimes that clash can lead to estrangement. I'm seeing, I would probably venture to say a third of all estrangements have some flavor of this going on, uh, within, within the estrangement experience. It might be a little higher than that, but I, I do think it's, it's a significant um, portion. Uh, because as we see with the younger generations, they are, um, moving away from religion for the most part and have vastly different political beliefs uh, than their parents. And that just, again, is causing a lot of discord and hurt feelings. And I would venture to even say well beyond just hurt feelings, um, but a lack of acceptance for who, who I am as a person. So parents may find it challenging to accept their adult child's varied beliefs uh, regarding religion, fearing that those differences threaten their family fabric, the fabric of their family, the family values, etc. cetera. Uh, and conversely, the adult children may feel suffocated or invalidated uh, when their religious choices are met with resistance or judgment. So, as I just mentioned, our children feel they're not seen, heard, or validated. And this just said that our adult children um, can feel suffocated or invalidated, right? Um, regarding political things, parents 
may resist acknowledging or validating their adult child's political beliefs, fearing the, um, that it can challenge their own values, right? Or undermines the principles that they've instilled uh, as parents with their children as their children were growing up. And this I see quite often is that parents of older generation parents have a tendency to not want their values to be challenged to no one needs to change the course. Everyone needs to basically stay the course, uh, no changes, no challenges. And when the kids come in and do all of that, uh, it, it brings up all sorts of fears. If we, again, get beneath the surface uh, for the parents and then what happens when we fear something, uh, the walls go up, the armor goes on and we are left with defenses and judgments and pointing fingers and all of that good stuff. Um, and then adult children feel dismissed or judged for their political views and all of that rolled into one thing, it ends up with a breakdown of communication. What's required to work through that is active listening and open-mindedness, right? So we'll get into a little bit more of that a little later. But if we talk about identity acceptance as it relates to the LGBTQ plus community, this is something that I have um, personal experience with. And I mean, I have personal experience with the religion and politics piece as well. But this identity piece, I think, encompasses all of this. Because when we feel, when our children feel that our parents do not accept us for who we are as we are today, then, oh my gosh, there goes all sorts of self-worth issues and who am I and am I deserving of love and connection because my parents have just told me I'm not. Now, you may not have come out and said those exact words, but that's the interpretation. That's what your child is hearing. Regardless if your child is 8, 18, 28, 58 years old, it doesn't matter. Okay. So we, we come into conflict and I hear this from adult children when they're, they say things like, you know, my parents sent us to church and we learned in church that I'm not accepted. My friends aren't acceptable for who they, who they love as a member of the LGBTQ plus community. And then I'd go home and my parents would say, oh, but we love you and we love your friends. And of course they're welcome at our home. And of course we love, we love everyone. You know, Jesus would have us love everyone. But then they go to church, this church that the parents are sending them to, and the church is saying something very different. And so the children then are like, wait a minute, this doesn't add up. Like the church is telling me this, my parents are sending me here because they feel that that's what's best for me because that's what they've told me. And then I get home and my parents say, but we love you and we accept you and your friends and 
that type of thing. That doesn't, that doesn't add up. Why? I don't understand. Right? Don't understand. So are your words and actions aligned? Are they aligned? It's something to think about. And then we come to the, the piece of invalidation. When our children feel like, well, when our children experience being invalidated, it's not that they feel like it, they experience being invalidated. And what is invalidation? To make something unacceptable. Unacceptable. And if they experience that over and over and over and over and over and over again throughout their childhood and or young adulthood, that is then called traumatic invalidation. And that is trauma. When a child hears from their parent that who they are, as they are in that moment is not acceptable, it rocks their entire world. It threatens their security. It threatens the connection. It threatens everything. And that is why you will hear a lot of people in the queer community talk about quote unquote chosen family, right? They're chosen family, people who will accept them as they are here today not with an expectation that they be this way or that way or the other way, but accepting them as they are. And this is where you can see a lot of people, a lot of our children can venture off into relationships or join other organizations that can almost be cult-like because they, what do they find in that? Find, I have an, I enjoy learning about gangs. I've always been very intrigued with people's behaviors and why they do the things they do and not do the things they don't do. And so one of my interests lies in gangs and gangs and cults are similar. Why do people join them? Because the cult or gang has something to offer them. And the offering is a sense of belonging. You come with us and we'll protect you. We'll take you as you are with all of your, all of your quirks, all of your things, right? In gangs, a lot of um, gang members are accepted because they have a lot of rage and anger. And so the gang is like, yeah, right on. Come on, come over this way. We'll take you here. You're accepted here with all of that anger and rage, right? So if they're not, if people aren't accepted at home by their family members, they will seek out connection elsewhere. And we typically see that rise up oftentimes in relationships. Oh, your family, your family doesn't, your family doesn't like us. They don't like who you are. They don't like who you love. So it's just me and you, babe, against the world. Right? And then where's the parents, where are the parents left in estrangement? So what do we do with this? What do, where do we go with it? What do we do? How do we navigate this? Well, 
get curious, right? And, and when you get curious, then you can build awareness around this and then you can unlearn and relearn. I'm not asking you to change your religion, change your political stance. I'm not asking you to do any of that. I, what I am asking you is to have an awareness about the feelings and emotions of your adult child. Not their behaviors, not their words, but their feelings and emotions. If we can get to that piece, the other pieces tend to take care of themselves to a degree. I mean, we have to have some care and maintenance around that, but for the most part, they tend to take care of themselves. And then um, we can begin to look at impact versus intention, right? Our intention might be one thing, but it, the impact is something totally different. And how is that landing with them? Right. If they tell you they don't feel accepted, that's something to listen to. You can tell them all day long they're accepted, but if they don't feel it, you might as well be talking to the wall. And how are they going to feel it? They're going to feel it when you say it to them, when you, when your words and actions align. So you say it to them when you are talking with friends and family, you don't hide and, and, and shrink that and pretend they're somebody that they're not. When you, it doesn't mean that you have to go out and, you know, make a stand on the roof of the house and proclaim that your child is of the LGBTQ plus community, but it means not denying that that's who they are, not denying their religion not denying their political stance, right? Because in the end, what all of this boils down to is that when we don't do those things, we are left in fear. Our children are left in fear. Think about it for you as a parent. When you, when your child doesn't accept your religion or your political stance, what does that do to you? You fear not being accepted, right? That's what this boils down to. So remember that you only have control over you. You cannot, when trying to go in and force an adult child to change their religion or change their political views, or change their sexuality or gender identity, whatever, it, it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. The only person you have control over is you. And that is what you have control over. That is what you can do to prove to help your child to understand that they are accepted for who they are as they are when you see, hear, and validate them. Right? It doesn't mean that you have to agree that all the things that they're doing are perfect and they are right and you are wrong. That, that's not what this is about. It's about the feelings and emotions. And when we can do that, that is when we begin to change the communication 
and then we can change the relationship and we can come back into relationship with one another in healthy ways, ways that say, I love and respect you. I may not agree with you, but I can love and respect you and understand that underlying all of these things that are on the surface, there's a human being who wants to be seen, heard and validated. And I'm here as your parent, I'm going to show up to do those things because I love you. So with that being said, I think I will leave it here for today. If you would like support around any of these topics, non-judgmental, respectful support and how to navigate this with your estranged adult child, how to sort through your feelings and thoughts and, and things around this, please feel free to reach out. I'm happy to connect with you on this do some coaching around it, helping you get to a better place where you feel a little more stable and secure with being able to interact in a way that can help your adult child to feel seen, heard, or validated. Feel free to reach out to me, theestrangedheart at gmail.com. And until next time. This brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you were able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, perhaps entertaining becoming a guest on our show or following us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. As a reminder, there is an online support group on Facebook. If you are a estranged mom who identifies as being spiritual and approaches estrangement with a sense of curiosity rather than blame and judgment and desire to do inner self-work and reflection, please seek us out. We can be found at facebook.com backslash estranged mothers support group. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast anonymously or not, please reach out to me via email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com.